Luke chapter 5. I want to preach a message for a few minutes this morning entitled, The Power of God is Present to Heal. The Power of God is Present to Heal. How many of you came this morning expecting God to meet you at the point of your need and to bring healing in your body? How many of you believe that he's the healer? Well, we're going to believe God with you today, join our faith together, and at the end of this message, we're going to pray for those who desire to be prayed for, and we're going to believe for God to impart healing in your body. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of God was present to heal them. And the power of God was present to heal them. I want to draw my subject this morning from the latter part of this verse 17. And the power of God was present to heal. But I want to bring that statement into the present. The power of God is present to heal. You may ask, Pastor, how can you bring that statement into the present? Well, the answer can be found in Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You see, we serve a supernatural God. We believe in God's supernatural power. We believe that that power is for people today. Miracles, signs, and wonders, and healings were not just for the early church. They were not just for the early New Testament times. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This same Jesus who walked the shores of Galilee, who preached the Sermon on the Mount, who overcame the storm that came up, a mega storm that came up, and he stood on the bow of that boat and rebuked that storm and said, Winds, be quiet. Stills, be quiet. At seas, be quiet. The same Jesus who overcame the storm and passed over to the other side and healed those who were sick and infirmed is here today in this room. Some years ago, Beth and I used to sing a song. By, it was written by Mary Brown, and the title of it is, What a Healing Jesus. Listen to the words of the first verse. When walking by the sea, come and follow me, Jesus called. Then all through Galilee, the sick and diseased, he healed them all. Jesus hasn't changed. His power is just the same as when he walked the shore. This God of yesterday, this God of the New Testament that we read about is still the healing Jesus now and forevermore. Listen to the words of the chorus. What a healing Jesus I've found in you. What a healing Jesus I've found in you. What a healing Jesus you restore, refresh, and renew. You're my healing Jesus for such a time as this. Arise on healing wings, son 
of righteousness. I've come this morning to simply tell you he's a healing Jesus. And the same Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee, that walked the streets of Jerusalem, that journeyed throughout the Holy Land and healed the sick and was moved with compassion when he saw them. He's here walking the aisles and through the pews of this church this morning, moved with compassion for the state that you're in, ready to touch you and bring healing to your body. Somebody give God praise. The power of God is present to heal. I believe this statement is a description of the healing anointing. We serve a healing Savior. He heals those who are suffering in their physical bodies. When we pray in his name, infirmities have to bow their knee. He heals the brokenhearted. He heals those who've been wounded and broken by circumstances. I don't know who needs healing today, but God knows where you are. He knows who needs to experience his supernatural power. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. If you study the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you discover that his ministry was characterized by healing. He was moved with compassion when he was met by those who were sick and suffering. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, there's a blind man. And he's identified in the scripture as blind Bartimaeus. I want you to note that he's identified by his condition. Sometimes we allow our conditions to identify us. I have arthritis. I have back pain. I have diabetes. I have this problem. You see, and the scriptures, he's called blind Bartimaeus. But after a while, he's just called Bartimaeus. Why? Because his blindness met the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you read the story of Bartimaeus, you'll find out that when he heard that Jesus was passing by, he was coming into Jericho, and he heard that Jesus was passing by there on the roadside, and he would have a strategic place on the roadside where he would beg, and he would wear particular clothing that would identify him as being blind. It's like the white cane and the sunglasses that people have today. When we see that, that's a sign that those people are suffering from blindness, and we identify them by, their, by, by the things that they have. He's wearing a certain garment that says, I am a blind man. That's one reason Mark defined him as blind Bartimaeus. And when he saw Jesus coming by, hallelujah, the Bible said he cried out with a loud voice. Sometimes you got to cry out in a loud voice. Sometimes you got to get down to business with God. Sometimes you got to let it come from deep down on the inside of you and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. And listen, some well-meaning folks. There's always some well-meaning folks in the crowd. Well, I'm preaching good. Can't get a bit of help in here. They said, be quiet. Verse 48. But he cried out all the more. The more they tried to quiet him down, the louder he got. I want to tell you, the enemy's going to tell you to be quiet. The enemy's going to tell you that healing's not for you. The enemy's going to tell you that this is not your moment. But I've come to tell you that you've got to be like Barnabas and cry out all the more. What happened? Verse 49 said, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you. And notice what it says in verse 50. And throwing aside his garment, he's shedding off the garment of being sick. He's shedding off and taking off the garment of being blind. He's saying, I'm about to come into a new identity. I'm about to change. So I'm going to take off these robes that have identified me as being blind because I'm about to meet the healer on the road to Jericho. Hallelujah. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. 
And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. One of the most debated subjects in Christianity today is the subject of healing. We know and believe Jesus healed the sick, but is healing for today. Are the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit that are recorded in the New Testament for us today? Well, Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Now, if God healed in the Old Testament, and we have a New Testament, and Hebrews 8 says it's a better covenant built on better promises, would he exclude healing and the gifts of the Spirit from that covenant? I never have understood that. Why would God say, well, you have a better covenant, but I'm not going to heal you. I'm just going to keep you sick. And some folks will tell me, I'll just learn so much being sick. You know what I've learned being sick? That I didn't want to be sick. Your condition should not define you, but your faith should draw you out of that place and bring you into a place of hope and into a place of breakthrough. Can somebody say amen? amen. Many of us wrestle with the question, is it God's will to heal me? We believe that he has all power. We believe that he's able, but is he willing? I've come by this morning to tell you that he is able and he is willing. In Luke 5, 12, if a man was full of leprosy, he made this statement to Jesus. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Listen to how Jesus answered him. He put his hand out, touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. See, the God we serve is no respecter of persons. He longs to pour out his healing power in our midst. What is his answer to our question. I am willing. So this morning I just want to take a few moments and examine some eyewitness accounts, go into the old covenant, then come over into the new covenant and talk about the healing power of God. The power of God is present to heal. So let's look at some eyewitness testimony and examine some eyewitness accounts of God's healing power. We find these eyewitness accounts on the pages of the scripture. We find them in both the Old and the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, there are numerous promises concerning healing. Exodus 15, 26. If you will diligently heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians. I am the Lord who heals you. This scripture literally reads, I am Yahweh, your physician. Nathaniel Van Cleve writes, he said, this verse is widely referred to as the Old Testament divine healing covenant. It is called a covenant because in it God promises he will keep his people free from diseases and conditions the promise upon their diligent obedience. The covenant is made absolutely certain by the fact that God joins his mighty name to the promise. Calling himself Yahweh Rapha, meaning the Lord who heals. Yahweh Rapha is one of the compound names by which God revealed his attributes to Israel. Here his very name declares it to be his nature, to be the healer to those who obey his word, to recover health and sustain health. So let's look at some examples in the Old Testament of God's healing power. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, Naaman the Syrian was healed of leprosy by dipping seven times in the Jordan River. In 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 through 11, Hezekiah was miraculously healed after he prayed, and God gave him an extra 15 years. What about the New Testament? Well, in Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19, Jesus stands in the synagogue of Nazareth, and he announces his mission. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus cast out devils. Jesus opened blinded eyes. Jesus made the lame to walk. And Jesus even raised the dead. Matthew 15, 29 through 31, Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain and sat down. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitudes marveled that when they saw the mute speaking, they saw the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, they glorified the God of Israel. You say, well, pastor, that's wonderful. That was in New Testament days. I've got good news for you today. We still live in New Testament days. I have good news for you. Jesus said, greater works than these you shall do. I've got good news for you today that you're a candidate for the healing power of God because Jesus is still moved with compassion as he was in the days that he walked the seashores of Galilee. Let's look at some examples of his healing power in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 8, there are four different miracles of healing. In Matthew 8, 2 through 4, Jesus cleanses the leper. The leper exercises faith in approaching Jesus. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And here's what Jesus did. Jesus did the unspeakable. He touched the leper. You remember some years ago when AIDS first came out and we first discovered that and HIV and you know, we didn't, we weren't educated. We didn't understand it. And I remember the first person that came to my altar and told me, I, I, I have AIDS. And I went to pray for him and the enemy came immediately and brought fear and said, if you pray for them, you, something could happen to you. You know what I did? I just prayed for him anyway. I thought, devil, you're a liar. Come on, somebody. If I drink any deadly thing, it will not harm me. The power of God's greater than AIDS. I'm telling you, there's nothing too big for God. Jesus did the unthinkable. He touched the leper. You say, well, that, that's not good. Well, listen, we were stained with the leprosy of sin, and Jesus found us in our sin, and he touched us, hallelujah, and made us whole. And the leper said, if you're willing, if you're willing, Jesus said, I'm willing. God, are you willing today? I'm willing. God, are you willing to touch me? I'm willing. Be cleansed. And I love this. His leprosy was cleansed. And he would tell them, go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself. Because the priest had to certify that they were no longer afflicted with leprosy so that they could go back to their homes. You see, to be a leper meant that you had to separate yourself out from your family, from your city, from those, and you had to live outside the gates of the city. And when someone would approach you, you'd put your hand over your lip and you would cry, unclean, unclean, unclean. You see, what medical science couldn't do, what medicine couldn't cure, Jesus stepped into the midst of that situation and said, be cleansed in Jesus' name. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. Jesus heals a centurion servant. In verse 6, the centurion approached Jesus and said, Lord, my servant is dying at home paralyzed. Jesus says in verse 7, I will come and heal him. But verse 8, the centurion says, just speak a word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus remarks in verse 10, I have, found, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Jesus didn't even go to his house. He sent his word and healed him. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 14 and 15, Peter's mother-in-law was healed of a fever. What happened? He went in there and he rebuked 
the fever. Beth and I have been to Capernaum when we were in Israel. It's a little village there beside Galilee. It's right there on the sea. And they built a church over what they believed to be Peter's house. They have the ruins of his house and they have this church that's built over the top of it. And when you're on the altar, you can look down and see the ruins of Peter's house. It's believed that it was there that Jesus went into that home and he rebuked the fever and Peter's mother-in-law was healed. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, he healed all who were sick. Note the words of Matthew chapter 8. He healed all. Everybody say all. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. The power of God was present to heal. And the power of God is present to heal. So we believe that he's a healing Jesus. And we have eyewitness accounts. And there are many others. I've just used a few for the sake of time, because we want to get to the time when we pray and minister. We've just covered a few, but there are many eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did. If we were to investigate something, they're trying to investigate this shooting that took place in Las Vegas. So they're interviewing every person. What did you see? What was your reactions to what you saw? And they'll put all those eyewitness accounts together and produce a timeline and try to find out what happened and why it happened. And what we do is we go back and we examine and we look at these eyewitness accounts of all who were healed. And I love that. He healed them all. Many times in the New Testament it says, when Jesus saw their suffering, he was moved with compassion for them. Sometimes when you're going through some hardship or some difficult place, you wonder outside of your immediate family or those who are closest to you, does anybody really care? Does anybody really care? And let me tell you something. Sickness is a multi-billion dollar business in our nation. There have been times that I go and visit that hospital as a pastor. They say there's not a room in this hospital. They don't have any beds because of all the sickness that's in this community, that's in this, in this area. Sickness is doing a booming business. Why? Because sickness is a result of our fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And when sin entered this world, it brought sickness and it brought devastation. Now, Pastor, are you against doctors and medicine and hospitals? Absolutely not. There are times when we have to go. Now, I don't believe that prayer is my last resort. Seek first the kingdom of God. If you go to the doctor, you pray. When I go to the doctor, I pray. I say, Lord, you give this doctor wisdom. You show him what to do. You help him to work out the best for me in the name of Jesus. And the Lord will work through those means to bring healing to your body. But I didn't come this morning just to offer you something to relieve pain. I came to tell you there's a healing Jesus that can get to the root of the cause. Who are the recipients of his healing power? Luke chapter 5 verse 12 through 15. A man devastated by leprosy experiences his healing power. And in our text there's a paralyzed man. He's been carried by his friends on a bed to meet Jesus. Now, when they can't get into the house because of the crowd, they opened up the tiles on the roof and let him down with cords through the roof. Now, I want you to note Jesus' reaction. When they saw, he saw their faith, he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. This provoked the Pharisees who had gathered to accuse the Lord and listened to their words. In Luke 5, 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? What happened? Jesus perceived their thoughts. And he answered them in Luke 5, 22 through 26. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk. 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Paralyzed man walked away from this powerful worship service carrying his bed. I've come to tell you this morning that God is no respecter of persons. Nothing is too hard for God. He's able to perform the same miracles today he performed in the New Testament. How do we know healing is for day, today? We search out the scriptures. Mark 16, 18 says they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. James chapter 5, verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's God's word. God's word never returns void. God's word is life. God's word has life on the inside of it. Listen to me. You can go home and read popular mechanics and there's no life in it. You can read uh, PC World Today. You could read Sports Illustrated or some Time Magazine or Newsweek Magazine. You could read blogs and articles. You can read books, but there's no life in those books. But when you read the Word, the life of God jumps off the pages. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So what do we do? We stand on the Word. We will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Come on, somebody. That's the words of Jesus. That's our marching order. That's the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. I love the words of the psalmist. He redeems our life from destruction. And he heals all our diseases. Glory. Come to tell you the power of God is present to heal today. The healer is in the house. Jesus is here today. I can't heal you, but he can. I can stand with you and believe. And the power of God can flow through me or through you. And you can touch his healing hand. You Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She had been sick for years. She had spent all of her money... On every treatment, experimental treatment. If there was a new treatment or an experimental treatment or she heard about a doctor in another town that was doing some work with what she was experiencing, she probably went to that doctor hoping beyond hope that he could help her. And she had exhausted everything and she was none better and worse, the Bible said. But she heard that Jesus was coming to her town. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Now listen, that wasn't the hem of his Hagar slack. That was the twisted coil of his prayer shawl that like Jewish men wear under their garments. And if you ever see, a, especially an Orthodox Jew, you'll see them many times they're wearing black and you'll see these little fringe coils that come out from underneath their clothes. That's called the seat seat. And it has a certain amount of coils and then some knots and another certain amount of coils and it spells out yud hey vod hey the name of god that they won't pronounce because they believe it's too holy for them to pronounce so what happened when jesus passed by she reached out and got hold of that twisted coil she got hold of that seat seat she got hold of that prayer shawl she wasn't just getting hold of his garment she was getting hold of the covenant healing name of god i am yahweh your healer i am jehovah rapha the lord who heals you 
And what doctors couldn't do and medicine couldn't do. And come on somebody. In a moment the Bible said the flow of blood dried up. And Jesus perceived that virtue or power had gone out of him. And he said who touched me? Now this happened on the way to Jairus' house. Whose daughter had laid sick and died while he was trying to get Jesus to his house. They came and they said don't trouble the master anymore. Your, Your daughter's dead. Just go on over to Harley's and make the arrangements. But Jesus said fear not. Believe only. And Jesus went. And they had to put the life insurance back in the drawer. Because Jesus spoke life where there was death. And there was a resurrection that took place that day. It's not over till God says it's over. He longs today to pour out his spirit. And I believe his power is present to heal. How, how do we become recipients of his healing power? Number one, we ask in faith. Matthew 21, 22, Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Number two, we receive by faith. Mark eleven twenty three through 24. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Third, we confess any known sin. James five sixteen. Confess your trespasses one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, the presence of sickness is not necessarily evidence of unconfessed sin. But if we're in that place, here's a good time to get things right with God. Number four, believe that it's God's will to heal you. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. The power of God is present to heal.